Hello and welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. Teddy Draper here, sports broadcaster in the UK. Thank you for hitting on the button. Got a conversation with Tom White, fellow sports broadcaster, coming up in just a second. So before that, though, thanks for being here. Thank you to the sponsors as well, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Get in touch with Jason Briggs and his fine team through Serene AV online. Thank you to Cytoplan as well, food-based supplement company for their ongoing association with the podcast. If you head to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk at checkout, you get 30% off your first purchase, 10% ongoing with the code DRAPER10R. My last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, numerals one, zero, and the capital letter R. And uh, we've had a 20 plus year experience of taking Cytoplan supplements. My dad, Dr. Mark Draper, has worked as a consultant with them as well on some of the ingredients that go into the, the multivitamins in particular. But it's been a, a fantastic company so far and hopefully boosts our health. We believe so. So I hope you uh, have good luck with that if you are looking to optimize your immunity. Uh, also, if you're looking for a pair of shoes, Herring Shoes is on board with the podcast. You get 10% off at herringshoes.co.uk. Fabulous British made shoes with the code TED10, T-E-D, all capital letters, and the numbers one, zero. And finally, do you ever think about wanting to document a loved one's voice, their story, record it for posterity to connect generations, perhaps people who are young now to hear from their older members of their family before it's too late, I suppose, and to, to kind of get things down? Well, Attic Box Audio is a project we've done to try and launch that my wife and I where I sit down with members of the public and just discuss their life stories you can find out more about that at drapermedia.co.uk now though onto the conversation with Tom looking at primarily here at famous strike partnerships double acts in the last 30 years or so here he is the one and only Tom White <laughs> morning Tom good to see you how are you doing I am very, very well. Thank you. Teddy, how was your holiday? It was good. Yeah, it was good. As we say, very simple in, in Wales. We had a little bit of sun, a lot of rain and wind, but all good. And, and the family were there and meet, met up with the Geordies side of my family now and the, the, the guys from Surrey. So we all came together in, in West Wales. It was it was very good fun. Uh, the, the Northeast contingent will have been there. Uh, <laughs> we've definitely had more, uh, more volume of beer than the rest, no doubt. Well, there's certainly actually my my brother and my brother started drinking non-alcoholic beer, so he's he's on a health kick. He's a testosterone guy, so he's trying to maximise his testosterone. But it's uh, it's interesting. He they actually took like three days to get there because they came down. I think for for me it was about 170 miles. For them, I think it was probably about like 350. So they had to stop in Chester and they went to Chester Zoo for a day and then worked their way down to to Wales through Wales diagonally. So it was a big big mission for them, and it was brilliant to, oh, nice. to see them. I yeah, like their style. I like this time. I know. Yeah, well, you, as you know yourself, it's you know you're a lot closer to Scotland than Wales when you're in the northeast. It'd be easier to go yeah. to Edinburgh, but then a bit longer for the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, lovely. That was brilliant. Are you well, mate? Very well, thank you. Yes, very well. Transfer shows have started now, so it's uh, it's hard work, but very, very good fun, and it just it's it's relentless, but it's enjoyable. 
Are you bored of talking about Harry Kane to buy a minute yet, or is that still still floating your yeah. boat? Yeah, uh, we've been saying we, everyone in Germany is saying it's just a matter of time. But then over here, a little bit more sceptical. We're like, well, you can be confident about that all you want out there, but we know that it's very hard to negotiate with Daniel Lee. Mm. We know that. I don't think that's yeah. you know an offensive thing to say. So it kind of baffles me that they, um, that they are so confident, which actually makes it even more intriguing for me. So um, I am a bit bored of it, but I do think that something will happen by this time next week. So it's Friday now. I think by next Friday there'll be there'll have been a big development. Cool. Well, I look forward to, look forward to that. It's, it's one for me that superficially seems quite odd that you've got England's record goal scorer who's wants to be the Premier League record goal scorer, will potentially be if he stays in the Premier League, surpassing the great Alan Shearer from, from our generation of being young fans. But also, there's this quite exciting as well, it kind of throwback to before our time, like Kevin Keegan going out to Germany and there's that yeah. of it. So it's got a bit of romance to it as well. And I, I know people say it's, it's pretty easy to win the Bundesliga. We could probably get a few minutes for Bayern and, and then win the Bundesliga for the 12th season in a row. But you never know. It'd be different lifestyle, bit of bit of culture and, and maybe... We- they nearly threw it. They they nearly threw it away at the end, on the last game of the season. Yeah. Last season, they, they very nearly got got pipped. They only just did it. But if they get Kane, that was their problem. They never replaced Lewandowski. Yeah, they were playing. They were playing wingers up front. So they had a season where they didn't have their proper striker because because Lewandowski went, and they only just won the title. But they still won crucially. Add Kane or any other proper striker like Oshiman or someone like that, and mm. you think they'd walk it again. Yeah, you just want Dortmund to hang on to some of those players, don't you? It's brilliantly kind of formational as they are formative for people. You think keep hold of Bellingham, keep hold of Erling Haaland, they'd be an absolute force in in world. Exactly. Football. But Tom, yeah, Tom yeah. Let, let's let's kick off. We'll do the scenario in a second, and then we'll we'll give all the answers and theories in the end. But you've got a quiz question for us, which is Sunderland based. But you said it's not you're not too esoteric for Sunderland. It's other people might be able to get it. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, I don't know if you well, you're you're still be asleep one night when we do um mystery play on good morning sports fans all right where we give three clues throughout the hour yeah. and reveal the answer just before 10 o'clock and um, what i'm going to do is i'm going to give all three clues in one go um, and at the end i might even give a bonus clue just for anyone who's listening and still hasn't got it towards the end i'll give a bonus clue that might give it away okay so my quiz question today, the three clues. The first one is this player, he is male, by the way. He turned down an Aussie rules contract. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Aussie rules. Okay. So that's a good first clue. The second one is one half of an iconic Premier League double act. Whoa. Okay. And lastly, there is a, a famous song about his trousers. Okay, so there are your three clues. Um, I do have an. I, I will give another one that might give give it away to people of our age. Younger yeah. ones might not know it, okay. but they are the three clues. Who is that mystery player? And connected to Sunderland. Connected to Sunderland. Yes, I wasn't going to give that away <laughs> that, just to help it be easier. I've I've done that. I thought my first one has to be Sunderland related. Okay, brilliant. A connection to Sunderland. Yeah, it's kind of that's puzzled me a little bit, but have a have a think about that. The football scenario we gave uh, on Twitter on Draper Sport on my Twitter account this week was player sidewinds across the edge of the penalty area, evading recovering defenders from just right of the D, so the edge of the penalty area, 
produces a delicate right foot chip over the goalkeeper into the far corner of the goal. Who do you see? Tom, we'll, we'll get the answers just after we've run through our, our favourite five strike partnerships. But have you got you got someone in mind for that? Was it quick for you? Yeah, I do. I, I'll not give away who I've who I've gone for yet. But I see. Thing is, with that, I initially had everything the other way around. It was only thinking left footers. Yeah. So uh, like Robbie I, Fowler or someone like that, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, Fowler actually was quite good with his, with his right foot as well. But Fowler came into my mind. The one that that I would have gone for was Chris Waddle. Yeah. Um, but again, that would have been the other way round. Um, and even like even closer to home, um, Ahmad Diallo would have been in my mind yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but they're all left footers. Um, but it's I I like to think outside the box, but my answer for this one, I would say is fairly obvious. Okay, cool. Well, let's um let's we'll get to that in just a moment. Let's talk five favorite strike partnerships. And I've done Mine across different teams. What have you done with yours? Have you gone all Sunderland or have you kind of mixed No, up? no. I've got one Sunderland partnership, which is an obvious one. Uh, the rest of uh, all different uh, all different clubs and one is even international. Lovely. I like it. One one sort of thing I was thinking when I was doing this was there's a lot of strikers that have played together that have both been really good, but I was trying to think of things in my mind that they sort of complement each other well, set each other up well, different attributes, because I did think about Shearer and Sutton from 94-95. And obviously it broke my heart as a Man United fan when they won the title. But for me, they were quite similar play. They're both very good strikers, but quite similar strikers in a sense. So I didn't always think of them as a complementary pair in some of the five that we're, we're talking about. Yeah, I think because um, there there's there's one famous strike partnership that I'm fairly certain you will have gone for. So I've purposely left it out for that reason. Yeah. Um. And actually, Sheeran Sutton, the SAS, was an amazing partnership. I left that one out because it's too obvious as well. But uh-huh. they are, um, I'll not mention the one because the other one I've, I've missed out is because I think you're going to go for it. So that's why I'll, I'll not mention it. Yeah, I'll not give that away. Um, so I've, I've tried not to be too obvious apart from my Sunderland one because I couldn't, I couldn't do it without it. I've got one international one as well. Actually, be interesting to see if, if it's the same. I've actually just, re- I've, now, I've just thought about it. I've actually got two international ones. Sorry. So I've got oh, three really? clubs. Three club one, uh, the two club ones are Premier League. I've uh, got two international ones. One is England, one is another country. And I've got one from the Scottish Premiership. Brilliant. Nice. I love it. Well, give us number one then. What have you gone for? You know, I don't know if you've done uh, it num- age yeah, order I'll, or. No, I will go. So, what are we doing? One for me, one for you? Yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah. Five? Yeah, do it that way. Okay. But my, my number one is, um, and we actually. Funnily enough, I was ha- I was having this conversation with my um the, my barber, like my, <laughs> my my my, my usual barber by the way is Romanian. He's gone to Romania for a month, right? Oh no! So I went crisis. <laughs> so I went to my next favorite barber, who's Tunisian, right? And the Tunisian barber knows loads about football. We chat about football all the time. But he went away to Tunisia for his holidays, and last week I had a Brazilian. And in fairness, all we did was talk about Brazilian football and I really enjoyed it. So actually, I had this conversation with him about how much I love this strike partnership of Romario and Bebeto. Uh, 94 World Cup, yeah. That's it, 94 World Cup. Because they were, when you think of a strike partnership, a lot of them, you've got little and large. Mm. You've got like, you know, they're, they're quite different, but Romario and Bebeto were both quite small, both quite slight, ridiculously skillful. Romario had a lot more pace than Bebeto, but Bebeto certainly wasn't slow, but you did have a left foot, right foot combination. 
the yeah. better was left-footed. Um, and in the 1994 World Cup, I had a, um, a Romario Brazil shirt. Um, England weren't now, there, were we? England weren't there. So it was a, I, I enjoyed we, that World Cup we as a kid. There, yes, we weren't there. So I got behind uh, I, I got behind Brazil. But I, then again, Ireland were there. That, that, mm. that Ray Houghton goal against Italy. I re- remember it like it was yesterday. Um, so I was obviously want them to do well as well. But Romario... I loved him back then. He was he was my favourite player. I had his name on the back of the shirt. And I've now got a Babetto shirt. Oof. You know, a genuine that Romario one was a was a, a fake. I've got a Babetto, not a match worn Babetto shirt, but it's that the, 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 the Romario one was the yellow home one. Mm-hmm. The Babetto one, it, it's my most um uh, valuable shirt that I own. As you know, I'm a collector. I've got loads of football shirts, a Babetto one with his name and number on the back. Is the most valuable one that I own. Is that and blue? That's a genuine, the blue one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a genuine one from 1994 that I bought in classic football shirts in Manchester a couple of years back, um, and it is it's kind of like one of those where I don't really wear it <laughs> because because it's worth so much. Romario Babetto, that was the first one that that came into my mind outside of Sunday. I love it. And what World Cup that 94 was, because I remember even, even though I evoke memories of, I almost completed a Panini sticker album that for that World Cup, which I think is the closest I ever got and had Jack Charlton, he's saying Republic of Ireland and also Brolin and Darlene, I remember for, uh, for yeah. Sweden being a great strike partnership in that World Cup that I hadn't even thought about for a long time. Yeah. And with Brolin and Darlene also in the 92 Euros. Yeah. Were they together? Because Brolin scored against us under Graham Taylor. Mm. I can't remember. I can't remember if Darlene was his um no I can't strike at the time but 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 yeah Brolin and Darlene God yeah forgot well I've gone <laughs> you've got you've uh, you've got international I've got I'm quite insular in mine in mine because they all played either for England or in the in the Premier League so my first was I guess the first strike partnership I really remember when I was going to to Old Trafford for the first time as a kid. I love Mark Hughes. You talked about John Kay and and Kevin Ball and the aggression and stuff. And Hughes growing up as a young boy, he was this kind of warrior up front for us and brilliant control on his chest and thighs. Um, and it was, it was interesting. I was reading about this because when Eric Cantona came to United midway through the 92-93 season, it was like the catalyst that everyone says in retrospect for winning the title. It wasn't assumed necessarily that Hughes would be his partner. There's a chance that maybe Brian McClare might have uh, been in for a shout for, for doing that. Um, but then it uh, it transpired that Hughes did it to get that, and he just used to be, even though he's only five ten, a great target man. He'd be ball played up to him. He'd control it, chest, thigh, lay it off. Cantona played in the kind of hole, didn't he? Which doesn't necessarily exist in in modern football. But he'd he'd get the layoffs from Hughes and then slide Kant- uh, Kanchelskis in down the right, Giggs sharp down the left, just a sort of um, creative force. And I think the ninety three ninety four season, although they won the league ninety two ninety three, was their most productive. Hughes got, I think, 22 goals in all competitions. Cantona, 24. And very different, like Hughes' spectacular volley, all about power and ferocity. Cantona could hit hit some great shots, like the one against Arsenal, free kick, that I was at the game, goal behind that. But it was it was a real complement of styles, a Frenchman and a Welshman. And I remember being, and they combined in different ways because you could you play the ball through from Cantona, very skilled with his passing and flicks, but then also a tall guy. And I remember him flicking on for, for Hughes against Sheffield Wednesday, a game I was at. United won 5 0, and Hughes just smashed it from about 25 yards and went through Kevin Pressman in the goal off the underside of the bar and, and in. And I just remember it was just a brilliant partnership that I think really stuck with me. 
Yeah, and, and, and Hughes was was the best volleyer of the ball in that I've ever seen. Mm. Best volleyer. Remember last week when I was talking about Kevin Ball saying, for me, the sign of a quality player is how well they strike a volley because it's so difficult to do. Hughes was the best. Yeah. No, I, I agree. like that. Yeah. I like great, that great player. Give us number two then for you. Well, I'll tell you what. Secondly, I will surprise you by going for my Scottish Premiership. Well, Go for it. Um, and I've gone for a Rangers duo of Mark Haightley and Ali McCoist. Oof, yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily early nineties. Yeah, it's not necessarily big man, little man, because McCoist isn't isn't small, but Haightley is was massive, um, and that was they were goal machines up there in Scotland. If you think about the, the Scottish Premiership in terms of goal scorers, I mean Henrik Larsson. Um, was was incredible for Celtic. Chris Boyd was incredible, mainly for Rangers, but for other clubs as well. There's been loads of players who have been um, who have been prolific up there. Some real, real quality talent. Rod, Rod Wallace, I remember when when we were younger as well. Yeah, Rodney Wallace. Yeah, Rod Wallace. But um, but Haitley and McCoist was again when I was was getting into football. Um, I always liked Ali McCoist anyway because every time he was interviewed, he was always funny. <laughs> and he is he is very funny and although i've got no allegiance i, I think i think i might have said this on, on the, said this to you before is that although i don't support either rangers or celtic i probably would edge slightly towards rangers because someone once bought me a kit when i was young yeah um it's the only reason really um and and when i got into football that partnership of Haitley and mccoy said Haitley had um Haitley had, had, had been involved in the England setup as well. He, you know, he, he tried his hand abroad as well in, in France, um, and that was the prolific partnership at the time up in Scotland. When I realised there was football outside of England, yeah, um, and that one stands out to me. McCoy was prolific, and Haitley was a goal scorer as well, but also a bit of a battering ram, and that strike partnership stands out to me. Yeah, McCoy was a great finisher. It's, it's interesting as well because people, maybe modern fans, younger fans, won't remember. The Scottish Premiership is still great, but there's a big disparity between that and the Premier League in terms of finance. But when we were kids, it was almost comparable, wasn't it? People would go between the two leagues and it seemed like yeah, there wasn't much well, of a gulf between them. I, I should have saved this as a quiz question for a different date. But which in, in the 1990 World Cup, which club was most represented in the England squad? Was it Rangers? Was it? it was Rangers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, there was Chris Woods, um, uh, Trevor Stephen, um Oh, uh, uh, Terry Butcher, I think, might have been at Rangers mm. at the time. I'll, I'll have to look it up. But Rangers yeah. had more players um, than any other club. I love it. And 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 there you go. That would be unthinkable right now. Yeah, it would be. It would be. And what's interesting about these partnerships is how long they existed for, because nowadays time flies by. Everyone will know when you get older. But when you're a kid, it seems like it lasts forever. Cantona and Hughes only played together for like, I think, two and a half years till Hughes left in the summer of 95 for, for Chelsea. But this one in my mind is almost when I look back at it probably only a year or so but it came together at Euro 96 in the Netherlands game and it's Teddy Sheringham and Alan Shearer and just I think the goal where where Gaza lays it off he beats a couple of players lays it off to Sheringham and just in one touch lays it to his right to Shearer and the defenders are scrambling I think Danny Blinn Daly's dad's one of them and they just the ball goes to Shearer just absolutely smashes it in I just remember thinking during the Euro 96 that the the understanding between Sheringham and Shearer was fantastic both could win headers both were 
versatile in a sense, showing him could do a lot of stuff, but just his ability to to play in Shearer and those around him, it, it seemed like a great compliment because even Shearer back then was actually a pretty quick striker as well, wasn't he? People forget who saw Shearer yeah. later in his career that he was actually a dynamic player. That goal against Holland that you're talking about, um, Netherlands that you're talking about, was, was quite interesting because you can see that Shearer thinks that Sheringham's going to shoot. Yeah. And you can see that he's he's got his arm, he's about to whinge. He's about, <laughs> he's, he's, he's about to give Sheringham a verbal volley. He fakes everyone, yeah. So Sheringham, he, he, um, he fooled all of the defenders, but also Shearer. But Shearer was there to just leather it. And, and uh, yeah, that because that, that, um, that strike partnership going into the 98 World Cup, that's what Hoddle started with, with those mm. two saying, right, I've got to go with Sheeran and Sheringham because they've been brilliant for England. But Michael Owen was 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 um, coming up, was was up and coming. Sensational, and yeah. Training so well that eventually he gave Sheringham slot to Owen and that's when he scored that amazing goal against Argentina. It's probably an argument on paper if you look at partnerships and complementary skills that Sheringham might have been a bad partnership for Owen, but obviously you couldn't get rid of Shearer because he's the best yeah. striker in the well, league. He was, well, he, I'm guessing he was captain. He would have yeah. been captain then, wouldn't he? Mm. Adams would have, because Adams was 96. Adams would have gone by 98. Yeah. I think Shearer might have been captain by then. Maybe, yeah. He's definitely captain for Euro 2000, wasn't he? And then he retired from international yeah. football at yeah, 29. It's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, sharing with Shearer there, what's your number three, Tom? Number three, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will go, because you mentioned that some of these partnerships actually aren't around for a long time. This partnership was really a one-season wonder, um, really uh, due to due to injury the next season. Um, but I've gone with Luis Suarez and Daniel Sturridge. Nice in that 2013-14 season. I'm pretty sure that was the season when they were just pipped to the title by, um, Man by City. Manchester City. Where it looked yeah. like they'd won the title. I remember they. I remember Jeff Shreves interviewing Stephen Gerrard at the end of it, end of a game with a few games to go in the season, saying, well, Stephen, come on. I mean, that's it. You've won the title now, haven't you? <laughs> no, don't say that, Jeff. That's not true. We've got to win out. And I think they went and beat Norwich after that. And then the wheels fell off when the you know Gerrard unfortunately had that unfortunately for them, of course, had that slip against mm-hmm. Chelsea and Deborah Barr went through. But that season, if you look at Sturridge and Suarez, who in the formation Rodgers was playing, it was really only supposed to have one striker. But what they would do is, like when I said Romario and Bebeto, Romario would be an out-and-out striker, Bebeto would would, yeah. would would naturally drop deeper. Sheringham and Shearer, Sheringham would naturally drop deeper. These two, they were both out-and-out strikers who wouldn't do that, but they were so clever and they had such an understanding that as the game went on, one of them would just see that the other one wasn't dropping and he would drop. Mm. And it, who was it? it was a... Suarez and who? Sorry, who's the other one? Uh, Daniel Sturridge. Daniel Sturridge, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Sturridge, another left foot, right foot combination as well. But um, it was it, their understanding was amazing. Sturridge just had terrible injuries after that, and then Suarez, of course, left. Um, but but that one was was one where I used to watch it. And they just looked unplayable. Mm. It looked like if they were both if they were on form, no one could deal with them. And it was a very short-lived combination. It probably surprised people that I've I've gone with that. Suarez has always come across as someone who's not a particularly nice man. Although everybody I know who've met him say that he's actually a lovely man. Mm. Just not on the pitch. Um, so you know, you, you, I wouldn't really be expected to say those two. But for that season, they just looked unstoppable. The two of them. I've, I've never really seen a 
strike partnership. That is the most relentless strike partnership that I've ever seen. And the, the two of them were brilliant finishers as well. As soon as the ball fell at Sturridge's left foot, you knew it was in. From any angle as well, from any mm -hmm. angle. And Suarez, he had a couple of seasons where, where you could argue to say, for those couple of seasons, you could put him in your Premier League all-time 11. Yeah. You know, he probably probably hasn't quite got the longevity to get into anyone's Premier League 11, but there is definitely an argument to say for those two seasons, he deserves to be in. So that strike partnership is probably the one where I thought outside the box the most. Yeah, he's a, he was electric at both of the players, actually. It makes you wonder the sliding doors of, of Daniel Sturridge, because he's still relatively young, but I know he's been playing out in the States, but to think actually that, that if he'd been on that form continuously, Harry Kane may have got a lot less caps, a lot less goals for England, or maybe they'd have been a partnership for England as well, because that could have could have really worked out with, with Sturridge and, and Kane. I'll go, give you my number three, and it is Dennis Bergkamp, Thierry Henry from Arsenal. As a, as a United fan, obviously a big thorn in our side, but it was interesting because looking back at the ages and Bergkamp really, people would have thought on paper, was past his prime when Henri was coming into his prime, but actually that 2001 2002 double winning side, which some people argue was even better than the, the 03 04 season when maybe Bergkamp wasn't playing quite as many games by then. But it was just, it was a sublime com combination of, of the guile, the skill of Bergkamp, the pace of Henri, the dribbling prowess of Henri. They just used to connect and, and work, they'd be terrifying together. And I think also both big men in, in a sense, but very technical players as well. And I think that was a, a great, a great combination that Arsenal fans still, still long, long for. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's another one where it's probably if there's Arsenal fans listening, they're probably furious at the moment that we've waited this long <laughs> to bring those two up. Burkamp was a magician, but then again, so was Henri, but very, very different in very different ways. And also both of them very, very clever footballers. You know, Burkamp was a genius of a footballer, and actually I think you could argue that about Henri as well. Yeah. Um super, yeah, superb strike partnership that one. Awesome. And what number four for you, Tom? This is my England um, partnership. So I know that you've gone for Shearer and Sheringham and there's been some good ones in our time. But we're going to go back to when I first got into football, the 1990 World Cup. Um, and this partnership did have some longevity as well, actually. And that's Gary Lineker and Peter Beardsley. Mm. Um, and that's another one where really Beardsley was kind of playing as a number 10. Yeah. Rather than yeah. an out striker. But I, I've heard, I remember I've, I've read a book which was by Gary Lineker and, and Danny Baker. They did a book together, which, uh, well, I listened to the audio book and it was, it, it's fascinating actually listening to how Lineker, how how much Lineker loved playing with Beardsley because he thought Beardsley was was a genius. You know, and they, they had that partnership with, with England, which Sir Bobby Robson mm. made the most of. Um, regardless of what formation Sir Bobby Robson picked, whether it was four four two or three five two, you still had Beardsley playing off Lineker. Yeah, and 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 it worked. And Beardsley, and I, I'd imagine, although this will have been before my time, I'd imagine that Lineker and Beardsley were a partnership at Everton before that. Yeah, that would... they must have overlapped a little. I don't. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head exactly because Beardsley was very briefly at Manchester United early in his career as well, but I don't think really played and. Then was at Everton, of course, at Liverpool as well as a fantastic player. And then I remember Beardsley in terms of partnerships in his 30s with An Andy Cole, Andrew Cole at Newcastle, was yeah. a sensational partnership too. But just a, a guy that could pull the strings and very skillful, great, great range of passing. Yeah, he's, he's those, Lineker loved him and, and it was a brilliant partnership. And Beardsley's another one who um, was just 
another one you could put in there is is genius. You know, magic. You know, and probably when people our age talk about players from that era, we obviously talk about Gascoigne, we talk about Lineker, we talk about Platt, we talk about Butcher, Shilton. We don't really talk about Beardsley. No. Which is quite strange because he was he had the magic, a bit like like Gascoigne had the magic, but Gascoigne had the the, the personality and stuff and media darling and back then he was a good looking lad you know uh, as, as harsh as Peter Beasley has never been described as a good looking lad and he mumbled a little bit he wasn't a particularly mm. good talker um, had a bit of a, an odd body shape he had a, a bit of a hunchback didn't he but he had that, he had that was... shuffle that you knew what he was going to do but he did it every time and he beat the player every time that was what was strange about it brilliant players i yeah, I've gone for him and Lineker. And uh, again, it's a, a former Newcastle player there and a, a, a Geordie in Peter Beardsley, but brilliant player. Um, and and that was a strike partnership from when I first got into football. Yeah, I like it. I remember, you do remember Lineker talking about Beardsley a lot, actually. So he, he was his perfect foil in terms of pulling deep and, and then setting him up. Uh, one I've got here in terms of, again, it's relatively short-lived in a sense, but both played at Sunderland towards the end of their career. But... I think you probably knew I was getting this one. 98, 99 was Dwight York and Andy Cole. I think you had to had to have that. And which is weird because actually obviously Solskjaer and Sharing, which were kind of like the, the second partnership off the bench, ended up winning the Champions League for United that year and completing the treble. But throughout the season, Cole ended up with 24 goals, York with 29. But it was just the sort of, talking about understanding and spatial awareness of where people are, the fact that, you know, against Juventus in the Champions League, when one pulls deep, leaves the ball, the other spins again, eventually, you know, Cole taps it in over the line, but there's just that interplay between the two. And I think they were friends, which I know isn't always the case, wasn't always the case in that United team between teammates, but these guys were great friends, York and Cole. And for that season, because you look at it and they ended up both leaving within a couple of years afterwards, surprisingly, because they weren't old at the time. But it just seemed to be a sort of mesmeric understanding, and they just seemed to be enjoying it as well, which was which was great to watch. Well, and and when York and Cole, you're right, they did come to Sunderland. Cole didn't really play very much, but Dwight York played defensive midfield for us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He played, he played so so. Roy Keane signed well. Roy Keane signed them both. We signed Dwight York just a few days after his appointment. Uh, Dwight York left Sydney for Sunderland. <laughs> um, Keane in his book says. He, he doesn't know how he managed to persuade him to do it. Um, but he played in defensive midfield and let Grant let better be an attacking midfield. He later became a defensive midfield as well. But he let York just kind of sit back and just dictate play. And mm. we got promoted. We went from relegation zone, or I think we'd, we'd had one win when Roy Keane took over and we ended up champions. And then he and he in the we stayed up in our first season of the Premier League with a game with Dwight York playing as a defensive midfielder. He's a great player, um, wasn't he? All right, technical stuff, strength, dribbling. He could do pretty much everything, Dwight York. Yeah, and his teammates loved him as well. Um, and he, so him and Cole, that's that's the partnership I was talking about at the start. I said I'd not included them because I thought you would. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you did. I remember once with, with Dwight York, he's, it's quite funny when, um, when Roy Keane left Sunderland, Dwight York was uh, like caretaker, assistant manager. Yeah, to behind Ricky Ricky Spraggia. Oh and yeah, I remember Sir Alex Ferguson was asked about about oh you, you know your former coach Ricky Spraggia in caretaker charge at Sunderland. What do you think about that? She said, oh yeah, he's a good good coach, good coach. Um, and I hear well, York is part of the management team. <laughs> yeah, well, I never thought I'd say that. I mean, managing a bar maybe, but not a football club. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get on, did they? York. 
think it's some, someone played away at Crystal Palace on a Friday night, right? And I was out in Newcastle that night in a club which is now called, I think it's now called Riverside. It used to be called C, right on the um, on the quayside. And I was out that night. And as I was leaving, right, remember, Sunderland had played Crystal Palace in London, an 8 p.m. kickoff, right? Yeah. On a Friday night. Yeah. I leave the club at two or three in the morning. Dwight York <laughs> has just arrived. Right? <laughs> it's Dwight York. It's some game in London, and he still manages to get just in time to the club in uh, in Newcastle on the Friday night. So, awesome. so I, basically, that's the real reason I like him. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it yeah Dwight York I remember he had a bust up with Fergie didn't he just before he left as well and I think there was I think Ferguson it was kind of old school management kept trying to tell him to get married and settle down but it didn't, didn't really work at the time and he left but that for that season that just magical 98-99 treble winning season they were just electric York and Cole number five Tom for you what have you gone for well I'll give you I'll give you a guess what do you think I've gone for uh, Niall Quinn and Kevin Phillips, is it possibly? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. There was there yeah. was no way any Sunderland fan. I mean, I, I could have gone for Marco Gabidini and Eric Gates, but it was slightly before my time. They were called G Force um, to the Sunderland fans. But Quinn and Phillips, when they were when they were a partnership of Sunderland, they they got promoted with us. They um helped us, well, led us to finish seventh twice in a row in the Premier League, which is the highest I've ever had in, in my lifetime and maybe even the highest will ever be in my lifetime. And those yeah. two were, you know, when I talk about how these great partnerships, they were like, it, it, it was telepathic. It was like, it was like there was a magnet between Nile Quinn's head and wherever the ball needed to be for Kevin Phillips to get on the end of it. The ball, we had these, we had brilliant wingers in, and Nicky Summerby and Alan Johnson and we had others as well like who did well there, like Kevin Kilbane, Julio Arca. Yeah. Um, and our fullbacks knew what to do as well. But the ball Niall Quinn, he wasn't just good at heading the ball down. He, he would he would he could pass the ball with his head like other players could pass with their feet. Mm. Right. But also he chest the ball down and it was like he would just stick to his chest. Roll down to his feet, and everybody knows that Niall Quinn was very good with his feet, even though doesn't everyone knows how good he was in the air. He was actually very, man, yeah. <laughs> Cliche, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's the, the phrase I was trying to get away from. It, <laughs> yeah. is, it, is, it is true, and I think everybody knows that as well. But his head, he passed the ball with his head as well as he could with his feet. It was amazing, and he'd always get it to just the right spot for Phillips to run onto. And he was a Phillips was just a, a brilliant finisher. Two Sunderland legends for. Different reasons as well, because now Quinn came and saved the club um, at one stage for us when he became chairman. Uh, but those two absolute legends, and easily that's that's actually my number one strike partnership. I know I've said it fifth, but I think mm. that's because it was so obvious. Love the two of them, and I know them both personally. I've not seen uh, Quinn for a long time. Um, I mean, as I said last week, Kevin Phillips came with one of my star dues and just <laughs> one of lovely man. Niall <laughs> Quinn is Niall Quinn is as nice as you imagine him to be. That's good. And super care, super care, great man. Two great men, great partnership. That's brilliant. I love it. And uh, yeah, they were they did combine it uh, kind of so well. And I think Phillips for that that period around the turn of the century, just his shooting was just phenomenal in terms of how he curled, got balls in from all angles and different spots. But given that space, he stayed by Quinn. That was probably the most classic. Yep. Big went man. to Euro 2000. Yeah, went to Euro 2000 with England yeah. as well. 
probably the biggest, the most classic big man, little man sort of British football combination. I know Quinn's Irish, but that's probably the uh, most kind of classic combination we've had here. What I'm going to do is I was trying to find something from a more modern era. You had Suarez and Sturridge, which I guess is getting on for 10 years ago now, incredibly. But what I've gone for the, the most productive partnership in the Premier League history, because they've been together for eight years now, and possibly that will change because we talked about Kane and Bayern Munich, but Harry Kane and Hongmin Son, I wanted to, to mention that just because um, that apparently they've got more combinations than anyone in, in history. And I think, although they're not an orthodox strike partnership, because Kane isn't orthodox, drops deep, Son plays off that left-hand side. You don't really get a front two in, in many teams, do you, in the, in the modern era? But actually, just the way that they understand each other's play, particularly Kane, I think, has scored less. They've scored 47 total goals. And I think Kane has scored slightly less, one less than, than Son in that, because he's usually the assist maker or the one dropping deep and playing it over. But obviously, when Son gets wide and cuts it back for Kane to score, it works well as well. And, and Son's got that electric pace. Kane's got the vision. I think that's a great a great combination of the modern era because it's difficult, isn't it, to find partnerships because it's usually a front three. You could look at Liverpool with Firmino and Marnie and Salah, but how would you get a two out of the three there? Yeah, it's interesting. With what I liked a couple of seasons ago was was Son scored and he, he like celebrated, then looked around for Harry Kane and pointed out and said, "Was it you again?" Because <laughs> there was this amazing stat where Kane had Kane had assisted Son something like his last eight goals or something like that. And Son like that just turns and points at him with his big son. Was it you? And Kane like nods his head. It's like, wow, again. Yeah, um, yeah. Magical. Yeah, good one, that. Good good five. Tom, I'm going to pause for a second because my laptop's just gone dead and we're going to do the uh, the answers to the scenario. So I've just got to get everyone's answers up. So I'll just get my phone quickly on a sec. Okay, we're back, uh, Tom. I've got got the phone here. Let's quickly do the scenario before we get your quiz question answer, which I'm still a bit flummoxed by. Uh, but the football scenario was player sidewinds across the edge of the penalty area, evading recovering defenders from just right at the D. Player produces a delicate right foot chip over the goalkeeper into the far corner of the goal. Who do you see? I'll run through some. Uh, Richie Firth, who is an avid Arsenal fan. He's had some good record figures, actually. Absolute radio drive time show. He's put Dennis Bergkamp on their broadcaster, Richie Firth. James Lupton, who I think is a boxing writer, says uh, Zola, Gianfranco Zola. Good shout. Uh, David Priest says Glenn Hoddle. And uh, Martin Goodwin says, uh, Godwin says, I could have uh, seen Hoddle against Watford, which I think was before our time. I remember seeing that on highlights. Or Cantonavi yeah. Sunderland. Uh, John Bicknell says King Eric. And, and David Jones on Instagram said, could be either. Uh, Dwight York or, or Eric Cantona. What did you What did you see, Tom? I saw Ronaldinho. Did you? Uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's one of those where it, it was the kind of run from run from left to right, evading defenders. He would just put them on their backsides all the time. Yeah, um, and like the ball was stuck to his foot, um, and we know how good he was at those chipped finishes. Um, so although I. I I actually think that's a fairly obvious one, even though I'm the only one who said for it. But for me, it's Ronaldinho. And, and guess what? I've actually got a Barcelona shirt with his name on the back. Right, <laughs> <laughs> like this shirt collection. Are you going to sell these shirts or are you going to keep them forever? I will either give them... I'd like in the future to give them to my son. But if he doesn't want them, I will eventually sell them because it'll be worth, um, be worth plenty. Yeah, there will be. There will be. Okay, well, I was thinking of, because I didn't get this last time, last time I was actually thinking of, of Alan Shearer. And here I was I was thinking of Eric Cantona against Sunderland in yeah. December 1996. Final. Was it Perez in goal, Lionel Perez? And he, Lionel Perez, yeah. Lionel Perez. Lionel yeah. Perez. Yeah. 
And he didn't, he didn't, your memory plays tricks and you didn't actually sidewind across as I thought it was kind of a one-two with Brian McClare and then he, he ended up chipping, yeah. but it was a, it was a great goal. And people thought, I remember a friend of mine saying, he's, he was not, not a Man United fan, he was a Burnley fan, he was saying, he's, he's not back, he's not back. And then, because it was, it was, he'd had a difficult run of form canter and actually that may announce his retirement. So it was kind of, it was such a short and fast career. He retired at the age yeah. of nearly 31, but it was a great, great yeah. goal. Tom, give us the, the quiz question again and then, I'm still flummoxed by this one. So, was your answer there uh, Cantona, by the way, to the to the yeah yeah Cantona. Well, that was that was the most popular one, wasn't it? So fair mm. enough, fair enough. So, just to recap the quiz question, okay, and just to, uh, I will give you another another clue just to help you get it. Um, because the thing is with this, it, it is quite easy to Google. So, but hopefully, no one at home would have been googling. So, he turned down an Aussie rules contract. Okay, he's not Australian, by the way. Oh, okay. okay. Um, he is one half an iconic Premier League double act. Okay. He has a song about his trousers. I'm going to give you another clue. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't got it, people our age will get it from this, I think. Although this player was not a goalkeeper, he once famously saved a penalty. Oh, God. Please. And the penalty taker was Dean Saunders. Oh, was Saunders playing for Aston Villa? Saunders was playing. Oh no, it might be Derby actually. I think Derby. I think Saunders was playing for Derby. Why can't I think of this? This is a real weird mental it's, block because I was thinking when you said Aussie rules, like could it be Mark Viduka or someone like that. He's obviously no, a massive he guy. Not, he's, he's not yeah, Australian. He's not Australian. Um, I did say at the start that this was a topical one because we have been discussing strike partnerships. Iconic- Duos, yeah, right. And was the so iconic maybe, duo was he an iconic duo at Sunderland or somewhere else? Maybe one of us have already mentioned him, oh. right? <laughs> um, he was a striker, but went in goal for Manchester City because of a red card or injury. And he has been this will definitely give it away. He's been a striker. He has been a caretaker manager and he has been a chairman whoa and now yeah. he is in charge of well, he might have just quit but he has been in charge of basically a whole country's football system and we've mentioned him <laughs> you've mentioned him we have mentioned him is it Mal Quinn you are correct. <laughs> wow, brilliant. Aussie rules, eh? Yeah, I haven't know that. What, what was he doing? Was he travelling over there or something? Um, no idea. But uh, if it is, that's something that if you Google it, everything comes up. That's why people may have Googled it from that. Yeah, he turned down an Aussie rules contract. That's a brilliant quiz question. Brilliant answer. Tom, thank you for that, my friend. And I've got to run. You've got another another hair appointment. Got I've got, my, I've got my, my weekly haircut. My weekly haircut. And remember last time we did the podcast, I was... Me and my wife were going out doing a pub crawl in Henley. Yeah. Well, it's um, one of our former colleagues' birthdays today. So um, it's quite quite a funny story. So I said, me and me and another colleague said to him, right, come on, what we're doing for your birthday? What we're doing? I'm not doing anything, but I don't want to do anything for my birthday. I said, right, well, you can't stop us two turning up in your house. <laughs> and then we'll do, do a pub crawl in your village. Right? He goes, nice. oh, yeah, okay, I'm up for that. So I thought... 
I'll give him a surprise. I'll invite loads of other, all of his other friends, yeah, but not tell him. And then when we walk out of his house, station's right there, and everyone's in the car park to say surprise, <laughs> and then go on the pub crawl all together. Love it. One by one, he invited all these people separately. <laughs> then, oh yeah, I'm going to have a pub crawl on my birthday. Yeah. Do you want to come? To the point is, this WhatsApp group that I started with all of his friends in for his surprise birthday, I had to add this guy into his own surprise birthday WhatsApp group to say, well, you've, you've ruined the surprise, but these are all the people who are coming. So I've got a good day planned. I think I know, I think I know who this is as well. He's, <laughs> yeah, he protests too much, doesn't he? He does, he does want a celebration yeah, exactly, after all, yeah. Exactly that. Thankfully, he doesn't like that many people, so I didn't have to contact that many. <laughs> he didn't like me. I haven't been invited, but no. No, yeah. he, he likes you. He knows you live far away. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I'll take it. Uh, Tom, brilliant to speak to you. Tom White Media on social media. If people want to get in touch, and we'll we'll throw out another football scenario soon, and and some quiz questions. We'll think we'll think some up for next time. Good man. Great stuff. Cheers for that. Niall Quinn offered an Aussie rules football contract. Eh, brilliant. <laughs> Didn't see that coming whatsoever. A great conversation with Tom again. Catch up with him again soon. Let me know if you'd like to, us to discuss anything in particular, any ideas for football scenarios, any topics we could discuss, favourite lists of positions, managers, whatever it might be. We're also going to get guests on, of course, as, as, nor- as the norm for sport and life. So don't worry, you're going to get a boxer on in the next couple of weeks, upcoming boxer, uh, boxing manager as well. And we'll probably try and get some football people on too and whatever sports come up and a local guy running a gym here that I want to speak to too but yeah hopefully you enjoy this new format of the conversations with Tom and please let me know if you do rate the podcast on iTunes Spotify wherever you're listening to it or just uh, drop me an email hello at drapermedia.co.uk be good to hear from you I'm Draper Sport on Twitter Teddy Draper Sport on Instagram Tom's pretty much Tom White Media everywhere I think Thank you for being here. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV. Thank you also to Herring Shoes for their support. TED10 is the discount code at herringshoes.co.uk associated with the podcast. If you are looking to optimize your immunity and head to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, you can get 30% off your first purchase, 10% ongoing with a discount code DRAPER10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, numerals one zero, and the capital letter R. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend and a week to come. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.